Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman, and I'll bring Scooch on in a second. Later on, NBA experts from the Action Network, Justin Fan and Matt Moore, are joining the show. The season is starting up again in a few days. These guys have been researching. They're in their labs. They're betting preseason. Let's hear what they can share. But first, don't forget, two weeks ago, when professional better Simon Hunter was on, we asked fans to rate and review the podcast. Those who did and used the winning phrase, Simon, the genius professional better says, in their review, were eligible to win a free pick from Simon, one of his three or four best picks of the year. We had loads and loads of reviews. Later in the show, we will reveal our winner. And guess what? We are doing another phrase that pays contest, the same practice. Rate and review the podcast using the phrase, jump on the fan wagon. Why? Jump on the fan wagon. In our Action Network world and anyone who follows the Action Network app or is using the Action Network app, we all follow Justin Fan, who's going to be on later in the show. In the Action Network app, when he makes a pick, it is a race, a, a freaking race to make that bet before the lines move. So if we choose your review, you will win a free Action Network sub. That will give you access to everything we do. And if you're smart, you'll download the app, get alerts for when Justin Fan makes his picks. Don't forget, don't forget, listen to the Action Network podcast. It's award-winning, the best podcast of the year, according to the Fantasy Sports Gaming Association. New episodes nearly every day. Fantasy with Chris Raybon, Sean Corner, Matthew Friedman. NFL betting, we've been doing AFC and NFC win totals with Stucky and Raybon, Chris Raybon. And we've got golf with Jason Sobel and Peter Jennings. They are brilliant bettors. But first, live on tape from Las Vegas, Mr. Bob Scucci. Dad, what's going on? That is a windup, huh? It was. Got a lot to say. Yeah. Trying to get people to review the podcast, up our iTunes rankings, do all those fun things. Scooch. Yeah. Should I be freaking out about baseball right now? I would. <laughs> Everyone else is. Why not? Like, it's so disappointing. And I, re- I really just thought, like, they had a better plan. You know, when this happened with the Marlins and the outbreak happened, I sort of thought, all right, well, you know, they had to expect this to happen. Then the game's being canceled. Now the Nats saying they're afraid to travel to Miami. I have zero confidence in baseball's ability to figure this out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not looking good. Uh, and I was on, a, on the phone uh, all day with colleagues and suppliers and uh, people that uh, are in contact, regular contact with, uh, with MLB. And nobody really has any answers right now. It's kind of, everything's kind of up in the air. And you know, like everything else this year, you, we're taking everything not even – week by week, but day by day, all the things that we try to plan for, something will come up that you just, you know, you have no answer for and you're just, you're winging it. You're, you're, we're doing it on the fly. The MLB has postponed all of the Marlins games through Sunday. It is now Tuesday, not unexpected, but how do you book these games? Like it's, and let me just, let me, let me say like baseball came back last week, massive ratings, massive betting handle, Massive traffic in the sports digital community, huge enthusiasm for sports and sort of a real big four sport coming back. And now all of a sudden you've got to sort of rethink everything. It, it just takes the buzz out. It, it does, but it's not completely unexpected. And I think that's why the ratings were so good is because everybody is just dying for 
something for some sense of normalcy, you know, going back to one of the major sports for the first time in, in months and everybody's kind of stuck at home and they, they, they don't even have, uh, you know, their, their favorite sports team to watch anymore. So when baseball came back, yeah, there, it came back with a, a, a betting vengeance. You know, people didn't have anything to bet on for so long, anything that they really knew about, you know, I'll throw table tennis aside or some of the other peripheral sports that were out there. But I mean, something that they really knew and loved. So uh, yeah, they, they, they bet it with a vengeance. And we as bookmakers, you know, we took it on the chin day one, uh, you know, right out of the gate when the Yankees and Dodgers both won and, uh, and, and we got clobbered and right away, all the bosses were like, so how'd we do? Well, baseball's back and we lost, you know, but, but yeah, Everybody was just glad to to have something to bet on, but I think everyone was kind of expecting to kind of, kind of the, the the shoe to fall. I mean, you're just waiting. You're you're seeing people testing positive, and and you have to put it in perspective. I mean, with everything else that that's going on in the world, I mean, it's still just a game of baseball. So you know, the importance of it has to be kind of taken with uh, some perspective there. Right, but let's talk about sort of the impact to your business, right? Because yeah. You've been thinking about how to get sports back for five months, as have we. And we've all been sort of surviving on UFC and, and golf and things that have done incredibly well that we love. But those are not basketball, baseball, and football. And so baseball coming back and then potentially who knows what happens next. Yeah. How are you thinking about that? How do you plan for that? I mean, we don't. Uh, that That's the thing. We're taking everything as the news is coming out and trying to adjust accordingly. I mean, the big sport, obviously, is NFL. And we're actually paying you know, much more attention to that than we are baseball. I mean, as much as we love baseball and it's a daily uh, something to bet on every day with, with daily games, we don't make nearly as much in baseball as we do in the NFL. So that's really the big prize. So when you see things like this happening with the Marlins, you can't help but wonder if, you know, NFL sitting back saying, okay, how are we going to handle this? And you see more and more players now opting out for the, for the season. So that's certainly going to have uh, an impact. So we're, we're keeping an eye on everything, uh, but it's hard to plan for things you just don't know. Uh, you know, we're just hopeful. We'll hope for, we are hopeful that there's a season. Uh, we're, we're hopeful that there's a complete season, not just a half a season. And then we're, we're hopeful that there's NBA, NFL, and, you know, maybe in college football. So, I mean, it's, it's really, it's hard to plan for it. We're just hopeful. All right. You're an odds maker. So you say. Bob Scucci, bookmaker to the world. Tell me right now, give me odds on, rank them as yeah. your leagues. MLB finishing a season, NFL finishing a season, college football finishing a season. College football finishing a season, I'd make it an underdog. And I think the last time I spoke with you, I made NFL a small underdog to finish the season. Uh, so so I, I believe I made uh, the NFL uh, a three to two underdog to uh to to finish the season i i think i'm still sticking with that with the nfl the way it's looking with with baseball i i think that they're going to finish the season i I can't see them coming this far and not finishing out at least you know it's a 60 games season uh so so i think it's even money there that one's a coin flip so so that's you're going to get you know the the biggest the biggest underdog for me to finish the season i think is college football 
Give me a number. Three to one. Wow. Three to one. I honestly, I, I mean, I'm a pessimist and, and maybe it's not good for, maybe it's not good for, for our business for me to even say that, but I, I don't see them finishing. I'm having a hard time seeing them starting a season. And I'm, I'm having, honestly, it's not good for our business at all. Well, and the reason, and, and, you know, because it's still tied to academics. I mean, as much as we know it really isn't, there's still that other element. It's not just business the way ba- Major League Baseball and NFL and NBA are strictly, you know, it's a business. But so on the, on, on the college football side, you not only have to play the games, but there's also the academic side, the school side, the administration, the Board of Regents, all that good stuff. How is any university going to justify having their players on campus to play football when they're not even letting their students on campus or they're not letting their students in classrooms? Or if they let everybody there and they do some kind of on-campus teaching and on-campus living, and then three weeks in, they send everybody home, then what do you do? So, and and that's the thing we're, we're asking, you're asking me like how we're planning on these scenarios. And I don't think the leagues themselves or college football is actually planning on what happens in this case. What happens if there's an outbreak just here? What do we do with the rest of the game? I, I don't think there's a comprehensive plan. I think it's a kind of like a, the way I'm hopeful that the season is, is, is going to finish. I think that's the way they're approaching it, too. We'll start it and we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll get as many games in as we can. I don't like this, Scooch. I want the people <laughs> in charge of the things that I depend on to have more forethought strategy and competency than, well, let's just get this thing going and see what happens. (laughs) But don't you get that sense that that's the way it is? It's kind of like fly by the seat of your pants and, and, you know, we'll we'll wing this thing. Well, I think part of the problem is it's just so hard to unpack all the choose your own adventure scenarios for all of these things. Like what is going to happen if there's an outbreak in one of your teams and then you got to cancel games and then nobody wants to travel. So is that team making up all the games? What are you going to do if like, even if you're in 10 game college football season, like, and you miss three of the games because three of the games get canceled because those teams have outbreaks. Like it's, it's, I I don't envy the positions that conference commissioners are in that league commissioners and executives are in. Yeah. it's hard enough at the action that we're trying to figure out what we're going to do based on, based on all these different scenarios. Sure. I, I mean, and we're doing the same thing here, uh, you know, in, in Nevada, there's two of our, two of our properties, the casinos themselves are not open. So, so not only, you know, we have sports books in some of them, but obviously the sports books can't open if the casino's not open. So, you know, we need sports, we need content, but then locally we also need that property to be open or, you know, in the case of a mobile product, make sure that, you know, the, the app is working. So there's a lot of different uh, kind of contingencies that, that we're kind of hanging our hat on. All right, Scooch, I want to remind people that uh, we're doing NBA in a few minutes with Justin Fenn and Matt Moore. And I want to remind people that we're doing the phrase that pays. So leave a review, leave a podcast review that includes the phrase jump on the fan wagon in honor of our guest, Justin Fan, because in our world, we all follow Justin Fan in the Action Network app. When he makes an NBA pick, we race to bet it. Use that phrase, and we will randomly choose the winner. When I say randomly, meaning like me and producer Matt Mitchell are going to read the reviews and decide the best one, and we will choose that winner to get a free Action Network subscription. And don't forget, at the end of this episode, we are going to name the winner of the last phrase that pays contest. It was a very good review, and there were a lot of them. All right, NBA is coming up. 
you can't see this what? if you're listening to the podcast, but what happened? Uh, Scooch can see this because I'm on Zoom. I, speaking of basketball, broke my pinky playing uh, basketball with my son. And I'm getting a lot of grief for it because I didn't do anything with it for a few weeks. I thought it was just jammed, but like it wasn't, it still killed and like wasn't getting better. And then all of a sudden, like the pinky was curling and like deforming. And I, uh, I sent a video of it, like me trying to move it to a buddy of mine who's an orthopedic surgeon. And he's like, you're an idiot. You need to go get it looked at right away. And I went in, they're like, it's broken and you need pinky physical therapy. So I've been going like twice a week for six weeks and they give me a little mini cast that like is straightening it out and I do a little pinky push-ups. Chad Millman is proud of himself. I get made, made a lot of fun made of me uh, by my <laughs> wife and my children. But you can see it in the Zoom when like my hand goes up and down. Hey, quick, quick story. I broke my thumb the same way 30 years ago playing pickup basketball with, do you remember the comedian Buddy Hackett? Of course. His son, Sandy Hackett, was, I was guarding him playing at a local church here, and he went to wing a pass that I tried to intercept it, went straight on my thumb. My entire hand turned black. Happened to be the day before I was starting work as a ticket writer at my first Boyd Gaming job and trying to count money without a thumb on, on your first day. Thousands of dollars that you're kind of using like this, I'm trying to count money. I didn't know. I didn't know if I'd last. Man, that is that is not a good way to start a new gig. And like that was, by the way, were you having to write tickets out by hand, or were you punching them in at that point? Hey, man, I'm not that old. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Scooch, NBA is back in like two days, and the one question I get is, forget about sides in the first two weeks. Do you favor the under, or do you favor the over? I, I mean, I, I think I favor the under. But, I, I mean, they're, they're not going to be playing any, any defense. But, I, I, to me, it's a coin flip. I, I don't know. I'd, I, I'd like to hear some of the expert handicappers weigh in on that one. But, uh, yeah, but, like, you must have an idea of how you're going to shade the games. Are you going to be shading it towards the under? Are you going to shade it towards the over? Like, when you're thinking about your totals, are you thinking about, after this long of a layoff, this is how we want to set the numbers? Or are you just going back in with whatever they were power rated at when the season shut down in the middle of March? I mean, they were pretty high to begin with. So, I mean, when we talk about shading and we're going to go, you know, a couple of points, but we always, we always tend to shade an over because we just know simply we're going to get more over bets in any circumstance. Uh, so, if you know, if we're going strictly up against the professional bettors, we know they typically uh, bet the unders because there's more value there just on a, on a normal case basis because we do shade overs uh, more than unders. So, more than normal? Probably not. If you're asking me, are we going to shade the over more than we normally do? Probably not. All right, Scooch, we're going to get back into our regular weekly cadence, uh, probably when we get closer to everyone being in training camp as we get into August. But it's always good to see you. It's good to see you too, man. I hope that pinky gets better. Yeah, you're the only one who's saying nice things. I, I appreciate that. All right, coming up next on the podcast, as promised, Matt Moore and Justin Fan are NBA experts. We're going to break down what you can expect when the NBA season tips off later this week. All right, as promised, NBA season is starting in about three days, maybe even less than that. We probably have some of the best NBA betting coverage, if not NBA betters in the world here at Action Network. Matt Moore, one of our senior writers, Justin Fan 
one of our analysts who's running some of our analytics also might be my favorite NBA better. Follow them both in the Action Network app. Don't forget, jump on the fan wagon, our Phrase the Pays contest. Fellas, we got like 48 hours until the games tip off on Thursday. Fan, the one question everybody has been asking, how do you account for totals right now as the season tips off? I don't have anybody saying, how are you figuring out sides? Because I think a lot of people might stay away from them. Tell me what you're thinking about as a better and then how you're thinking about totals. Yeah, I'm fully expecting these guys to kind of be rusty coming out the gate. Um, we've seen even LeBron talk about how he's going to need these eight games to kind of round it out to postseason form. And I'm expecting uh, more turnovers, uh, lower percentage shooting. And not only that, the minutes projections for a lot of these guys are going to be lower initially. Um, you're going to have some outliers like James Harden, Mac D'Antoni, who are going to just come out the gate, play these guys 35, 40 minutes. But a lot of these guys still need some games to ramp back up, to get back into form. So we're going to see um, some lower totals, some sloppier play out the gate. Um, and I think that's going to be kind of a league-wide trend. Matt Moore, is Justin Fan right or wrong? I'm never going to say Justin's wrong. I would never do such a thing, Chad. Uh, I will say that I'm really interested to see it because talking to coaches and people around the league, there is kind of this idea that offense might be a little bit actually up. And the reasons are, one – there's not a lot of confidence that defensive communication is going to improve. When I talked to the bookmakers, they were like, well, it's empty. The arena is empty, so they should be able to make call-outs easier. Except that the coaches are like, none of my guys talk anyway. Like, that's something we have to harp on in practice anyway. And the empty arena kind of has it feel a little bit like you're just self-conscious of it because you're more worried about what you're going to say and get picked up on mic or whatever. So there's a little bit more hesitancy there. Second, because the defense can hear all the play calls, more teams are going to read and react offenses. Now that's going to, one, produce a little bit faster pace because you're just taking the, the first kind of impulse. Guys are not shy about shooting. And then two, you've got kind of this higher rate of turnovers because it's not set plays. They haven't practiced these sequences. So there's this idea of more live ball turnovers, which could result in that. Now, the pace has been significantly up throughout the scrimmage games. Like, that's been way up, and that's not uncommon for preseason. The offensive rating has been down from the regular season, though, and there is kind of this going idea that in the beginning, for these first eight games, they are going to be rusty. It's going to take a while to pick up. My question is going to be more whether where the bookmakers go to it. Are they, going to, are they going to go a little bit too harsh on that? Are they going to get a little bit too far out in front of it early? I kind of wonder if they are. I'm going to lead a, I lean a little bit, I think, towards the overs in certain situations with certain teams, I think, early on. You know what I'm loving right now? I've got the Spurs Pacers on right now, and I've been watching, you know, scrimmages all day. I, Matt, you mentioned sort of the lack of fans. I love how intimate this feels. It feels like I'm getting a view on something that you normally don't get, like it's a practice or an L.A. Summer League scrimmage or, you know, it's one of those Sunny Hill Leagues in Philadelphia. Like it feels very sort of behind the scenes to me. Yeah, I think the presentation has been really good. How they built the the sets, which is how one writer described it for me, um, was that it feels more like a set than it does like a arena. That's been very good. I think the LED lighting, all of the different things, some of the stuff I don't think is a hit, like some of the, the digital fan stuff, I'm not sure is going to work. But the overall presentation, I think is really good. The biggest thing I think they got to get for the actual game broadcast, they need to pump up the court audio and decrease the announcer audio a little bit because I think people in this setting, they want to hear the court like that they want to hear the call outs they want to hear the trash talk and i know that the broadcasters will be nervous about that but this is what i think people want to see the most they want to hear 
what guys are saying when they're on the floor. I want to hear the sneaker squeaking. Like, that's what I love. Like, I want this to feel like a practice almost, you know? Yeah. Fan, you mentioned uh, minutes. You mentioned lineups. One of the things that you do that has sort of garnered you a following is understand intimately the value of understanding who's playing and who's not and the timing of all that. And Fantasy Labs NBA Twitter handle is like the must follow Twitter handle for anybody who wants to be in the betting and DFS space. And it's brilliant. And like you guys are starting to pump out and like get back into practice. People need to know like about the tool that you have spent almost a year building and the value and sort of how that translates some of what you do for everyday users. That's kind of my biggest edge so far is to follow news and to, to kind of anticipate it before it happens. The books have gotten way better at adjusting um, efficiently and quickly uh, when news breaks. So I think the edge now is to kind of anticipate it beforehand, um, to be ahead of it. And, and that's what kind of we do at the Labs NBA Insiders tool. We give you all the information, the latest updates, the percent that a player will likely play, any sort of leans, um, if he's in the layup line, if he's wearing a starter's jersey uh, during shoot-around, like all that tidbits of information. We'll watch all these, these videos from shoot-around for you so you don't have to scour them, digging for any kind of nuggets that we can get you know, that are not publicly available that can give us an edge on, on the field. All right, so this tool isn't even live yet. Like People are going to get access to this tool sort of when the NBA starts to launch and people should be going to – where do you want to send them to go play with it? Yeah, you can look at it on the Labs Insiders page. I think this is going to be the stretch where news is going to matter more than any time we've ever seen. We've already seen that with all the coronavirus stuff. We're going to see it too with players and teams, their motivations when we get deeper into the seeding games. There are going to be teams, whether up top, like the Lakers, who have clinched the number one seed and they have no motivation to play anymore, they're going to start resting players. Teams that are out of the playoff race, they're going to start resting players if there's no incentive to play anymore. I can see San Antonio easily, you know, that, that seventh, that eighth game, they're out of it. DeMar DeRozan sits and they start, you know, give, giving guys like Kellen Johnson, uh, the young guys, um, some reps. So this is going to be a stretch where news is going to be more important than ever. It, it's right up my alley. Right. So explain, you mentioned like the window is so short. News breaks. How long do you have to react to a point spread moving, a player total moving? Give me sort of the line, the demarcation here. I mean, it used to be up to a minute um, at, some, at some spots, but now the sharper books, the, line, the, the line's off the board, the, it's moving within 20, 30 seconds. So, I mean, you have to kind of be around all the time and monitoring this stuff uh, when it breaks. The, the window is just diminishing uh, more and more. It's like you get, you get 20 seconds to make a bet. You find out DeMar DeRozan sitting. You've got 20 seconds to make a bet on that game before the line is changing. If you're lucky enough to even – sometimes it takes 20 seconds for things on a computer to move. Right. That is exhausting. People kind of glamorize sports betting a little bit, that it's sexy, that it's um, a lot of uh, – you know. A lot, a lot different than it actually is. It's just having monitors up, having lines up, having books up, and just kind of hunting these opportunities all day, just kind of finding the edges. All right, so Matt Moore, speaking of edges, you posted a story about the Bucks and about sort of they were basically in the same position last year. They are probably the best team in the NBA. They are, they are best suited to win the finals. They will be favored unless they play any team from California. And yet, what are your expectations? 
Well, Justin and I were actually talking about this earlier in our action slack and, and the kind of idea is the bucks in particular are vulnerable to shooting uh, on both ends of the floor. They create a lot of wide open jumpers and they can hit those. They have lots of shooters, but they also give up a huge ton. Their defensive scheme is built to allow three point shots, which in today's NBA, that's really dangerous. Now they managed it very well because they target which shooters they want to take those shots. The problem in the playoffs is that you don't necessarily have those weak spots is that if you face a team like the heat that can put four reliable shooters on the court at all times, if one of the guys that you elect to be like, all right, this guy we're going to give up shots to, and we're going to keep playing our drop coverage and we're not going to change things up. If that guy gets hot, you're in real trouble. And that's where they got burned last year because Fred Van Vliet, along with Kyle Lowry to a degree, went absolutely supernova in those last four games and edged out the Bucs, and that's why they fell in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Bucs also shot uh, really well below what their expected value on shots should be, and Justin in particular was noting that a lot of that is because rotations get sharper uh, and guys are able to make better closeouts in that. Now, I think some of that is just variance, and I think there's a good chance for the Bucs to be able to get away from that because, in part, as I wrote in the piece, they've shifted their offense, and it's a little bit more complicated now. They have more deviations. They have more ability to run pick and roll with Giannis as the screener, which provides you with better ways to get him moving instead of him running into a brick wall all the time. Uh, but I do think teams like Miami and Boston in particular are really well built to go into a series like with Milwaukee and win. The question is going to be, can they get there? Uh, and will the Bucks shooting hold up? It's why I'm really hesitant, even though I think the Bucks are the best team. And I like their matchup versus both the Lakers and Clippers in the seven game series. I'm really hesitant to bet on them to win the title because of all these concerns and what we saw last season. All right. So fan picking up on what Matt just said, Miami, Boston, like who do you think has the best shot to knock the, the bucks out of the Eastern conference? Number one seed. Yeah. I think this whole notion that the bucks have an easy quote unquote, easy path to the finals is a complete farce. You look at these matchups. I think all of them present pretty sizable challenges. Miami, the current four seed, um, kind of projects to be their second round opponent. And they're 2-0 and against the, the Bucks in the regular season series. And that's for a good reason. They take a lot of three and have one of the best Giannis quote-unquote stoppers in the league in Bam Adebayo. I think there's maybe two other guys in the league I might have guard uh, Giannis over Bam, but Bam has been phenomenal uh, versus Giannis one-on-one defending him. You look up this Bucks roster, how many guys are you really trusting in big moments? We've seen Chris Middleton fold before. I love him, but... You know, he's had some brutal series. Eric Bledsoe. Brooke Lopez's three-point shooting has gone to, to hell this season. Dante DiVincenzo, love him, but he's not a reliable three-point shooter. So these matchups specifically present challenges for Milwaukee's drop defense. You look at Boston, they have prolific jump shooters in Kemba Walker and Jason Tatum. You, we talked about Miami and their three-point shooting. Um, Toronto, they have... Fred Bevely and Kyle Lowry. They have a guy, Marcus Stoll, who can step out and hit threes. I mean, I think each of these matchups present pretty sizable challenges um, to where, honestly, I would not be surprised if they at least get pushed to seven or maybe even get upset. All right. In our final minute, then, give me your championship series. Who takes the title? Matt Moore. I'm giving you 30 seconds. Well, I will take Bucks over Lakers because it's the most likely outcome. The best numbers, I like taking a position on the Lakers versus the Celtics and the Lakers versus the Sixers. If I got one bet, I'll go Lakers. All right. Justin Fan. I'm going to go Clippers over Bucks. And I've been on the Clippers all season long. 
Uh, I think they present, they still have some things they need to sort out, uh, especially defensively with guys, you know, Matt did a great article on this on uh, Lou Williams, Montrez Harold, those tweets specifically defensively caused some issues. But when I look at this roster, when they're at full health, their depth, I'm going to kind of go out on a limb and take the Clippers. I think the Lakers are probably a little bit more logical, um, but I, I'm still riding with the Clippers. So you're going with the Kawhi back-to-back. I will say that Matt Moore on the Action Network NBA podcast earlier this week made a really good point. Like, are the Clippers a team that doesn't need to like each other to win a title? Are they a team that just needs to act like they're coming to the office? And do they benefit from having this time off and being in a compressed schedule? Or does being quarantined, is that actually uh, hurt them in a situation like this? I mean, to be fair, off what you just said, Chad, like half the team's been gone out of the bubble. They really haven't had to spend a lot of time. With each other. I mean, Landry Shamit, Montrez Harrell, Patrick Beverly, Lou Williams, they've all been out of the bubble. Like Zubach, like so this whole wearing on each other, I don't think that's really an issue because like half the team's been gone. Matt Moore, I'm going to let you defend yourself. I don't know how you build chemistry with Kawhi Leonard when he doesn't talk ever. There were reports of chemistry issues earlier this season around January. They seem to get better, but oftentimes those things don't resolve themselves that quickly. A lot of explosive personalities, especially adding Marcus Morris. I, I have concerns about how they're going to operate together. I think everyone just looks at the, the parts and not what the whole is, and that's why I lean towards the Lakers. All right, Justin Fan, Matt Moore, Action Network, NBA superstars. Uh, look for their stuff all throughout the restart and into the playoffs. Thanks for joining the podcast, boys. Thanks, Chad. All right. As promised, two weeks ago when Simon Hunter joined the podcast to give tips on being a pro better, we asked fans to rate and review the podcast. Those who did and used the winning phrase in their review were eligible to win one of Simon's best three or four picks of the NFL season. We had loads and loads of reviews, so thank you for that. And in a second, we will reveal the winner. We will, but first, don't forget, we are doing another Phrase That Pays contest. Same exercise as before. Go rate and review the podcast using the phrase, jump on the fan wagon. Why jump on the fan wagon? Because in our action world, we all follow Justin Fan in the Action Network app. When he makes an NBA pick, it's a race to bet it. Use the phrase, and we will randomly choose the winner to get a free Action Network subscription. And now, the winner of last week's contest, winning a free Simon Hunter pick, Chris from Maine. Chris from Maine, who gave us a five-star review. How many pods do you listen to that are fun and could help you win money? This is easily one of my favorite pods of all time with host Chad Millman and everyone's favorite bookmaker, Bob Scucci. Last year, it got even better when Simon joined and provided professional betting insight and incredible stories. As a recreational better, these guys give real actionable advice, not to mention my personal favorite line change. Simon, the genius professional better, says that giving me his free favorite play is a lock this year. Chris from Maine, that was incredibly well done. You're going to win if you send me your freaking contact info because that was one of the rules and you didn't do it, but the review was so good, we're giving it to you anyways. If you're listening, you have until the next pod to DM me on Twitter at Chad Millman or email producer Matt Mitchell directly at podcasts at actionnetwork.com. Now everybody, go jump on the fan wagon, rate, review, subscribe. Get it at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, love you. Love you.